0: Hi there. Welcome back to the economics of innovation with Peter Thompson. So an interesting article this week looking at the value proposition canvas template. So that's an article that was published a couple of years ago on the blog, and it gets quite a lot of traffic. I think it's a very practical article, so it's fairly popular for people who are actually just looking for a tool that they can use in terms of mapping out their own value proposition. So it's probably used by people in marketing, product development, uh, and the startup community. Um, I also understand that it's used by Google in some of their internal training materials for design thinking and uh, product managers. So it picks up a little bit of traffic from people who have been assigned to kind of read up about value propositions and are looking for some practical tools. So um, I'll have a read back through the article and then maybe we can talk afterwards about whether or not the content in it is still relevant and accurate. It's a fairly timeless piece, so I'm guessing um, most of it will still be pretty spot on, but it's always interesting to look back over an old piece Uh, particularly one that's popular, and see whether or not it still stands the test of time. So the value proposition canvas template. A value proposition is the place where your company's product intersects with your customers' desires. It's the magic fit between what you make and why people buy it. Your value proposition is the crunch point between business strategy and brand strategy. So when you're focusing on a new project or a new company, And you need practical tools to help focus on executing things faster and better. And good strategy tools exist really only to help you focus on getting the right things done. And the value proposition canvas is a fairly simple tool that lets you quickly get to the minimum viable clarity required to start building and testing a product or service. The value proposition sits at the pivot point of the entire business model. Mapping the business model of a new product or service is one of the most important parts of building an overall business strategy. Strategy frameworks have traditionally been the domain of MBAs and consultants. But they're so important that these days the tools have been democratized for use by entrepreneurs, designers, and technical teams. The business model canvas. The Business Model Canvas is a toolkit from 2009 that drew on Michael Porter's value chain maps and Peter Drucker's theories of the firm, along with other sources. The Business Model Canvas is a chart that maps the key things that a business needs to get right to be successful. The Business Model Canvas has become the preferred tool for many modern startups to use when rapidly testing a new business idea. It's an attractive tool because it condenses years of business school and management consulting practice into pretty much a single page with some straightforward questions for each section. This is either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how much you love management jargon. And really, any strategy tool is only as good as the facilitator or the team who are using it. Each tool carries with it hidden biases and assumptions, so choosing a good tool is important. Strategy tools are a great way of providing structure to a conversation and allowing people outside of the pure strategy professions to think about whether they're doing the right things at the right time in the right order. Having used it in several different client workshops, my issue with the traditional business model canvas is that it doesn't do enough to encourage empathy with customers and to force the business to be accountable for how they communicate with their audience. In short, the business model canvas doesn't place enough emphasis on the company's value proposition. So a value proposition canvas by itself is a chart that maps the key things that make up your product and why people buy it. There are many different value proposition canvases. Some are proprietary, some are open source, and some are licensed through cre- creative commons from different academics, business people, and authors. Any canvas that helps you understand your customer and your offer, and how the two fit together, will help you clarify your value proposition. So to take an interesting example, um, in 2012, Alexander Osterwalder and his team released their value proposition designer. Their version of the value proposition canvas is copyright, and can only be used with credit to businessmodelgeneration.com. And the value proposition designer includes several bits of thinking from the lean startup movement such as quote jobs to be done and customer pains. It's a good tool, but it's not perfect. And the business model generation team renamed their 2012 value proposition designer as a value proposition canvas and published an excellent book in 2014 on the topic called Value Proposition Design. My critique of their work is that the value proposition canvas that they've proposed is that the product proposition side isn't grounded enough in marketing, branding, and persuasion techniques. And it doesn't guide the user towards creative thinking and honest self-evaluation. And the customer side isn't grounded enough in behavioral psychology or customer behavioral research. It doesn't guide the user into deep empathy for their customers or draw out enough new insights so I'm interested in the psychology of why people buy things. I, like many brand strategists and advertising planners or market researchers, often find myself standing in a supermarket transfixed, watching other people shop. I could literally stand for hours, pretty much, observing the full range of human experience and emotions that go into making even the most seemingly banal shopping decisions. There's so many different parts of a person's brain are engaged when they make small buying decisions. If you've ever eaten a donut while you were on a diet, then you know that not all human decision-making is fully rational. But if purchasing behavior is irrational, it's still predictable. And that's why I've drawn on behavioral economics and choice psychology to build my own take on a value proposition canvas. Modeling human behavior and decision-making is a rich and diverse study. You can read more about how people make decisions and why they do what they do in books such as Nudge, Predictably Irrational, and Thinking Fast and Slow. Personally, I've drawn my models for the canvas mainly from the fields of cognitive psychology and behavioral economics. A new value proposition canvas template. I've created a canvas to guide startups into examining the human experience of their customers. And this canvas creates questions and sections that maneuver users through the canvas into thinking through the end customer experience. The new product section of the canvas uses the widely accepted marketing syntax of features and benefits with the addition of an extra box for experience taking from the fields of design thinking and user experience architecture. The product section includes three areas. The first is features. A feature is the factual description of your product and how it works. A feature is the functioning attributes of your product. Features also provide the reasons to believe. Many FMCG marketers deride the importance of features because features are no longer a point of difference in most FMCG marketing. But for technology products or any innovative new services, the features that are on offer can still be an important part of the value proposition. The second section on the product side is benefits. And a benefit is what your product does for the customer. The benefits are the ways that the features of your your product make your customer's life easier by increasing pleasure or decreasing pain. The benefits of your product are really at the core of your value proposition. The best way to list out the benefits of your product on the canvas is to imagine all of the different ways that your product makes your customer's life better. The product experience, so experience is the third section on the canvas. The product experience is the way that owning your product makes customers feel. What's the experience that it creates for them? It's the sum total of the combined features and benefits. The product experience is different to features and benefits because it's more about the emotional reasons why people buy your product and what it means for them in terms of their own lives and the product experience is really the kernel that will then help identify the market positioning and brand essence that is usually built out following a value proposition canvas on the other side of the page the customer section of the canvas draws on neurolinguistic programming and psychology research into motivation and choice architecture it focuses less on quote, pains and gains, because people can be motivated by pains and gains in quite different ways. Whereas for me, the customer empathy sections that are important are three things. First is wants. So the emotional drivers of decision making are things that we want to be, do or have. Our wants are usually conscious, but aspirational thoughts about how we'd like to improve our lives. They sometimes seem like daydreams, but they can be quite powerful motivators for action. The wants speak more to the pull of our hearts and our emotions. I might need a car to get from point A to point B, but I want a prestigious car or a BMW or whatever the car it is that I desire. The second section of the customer side of the canvas is needs. So a customer's needs are more rational things that a customer needs to get done. Interestingly, needs are not always conscious. So customers can have needs that they don't know about yet. Designers call these latent needs. The best example is that none of us knew that we needed a portable music player until we saw an iPod for the first time. Now, then we also suddenly wanted an iPod specifically rather than any other perfectly good uh, MP3 player. But the need... Speaks more to the pull of our heads and rational motivations. And the third section on the canvas is fears. And the dark side of decision-making is that often it carries a fear of giving up optionality. So a fear of making a mistake, a fear of missing out, a fear of loss, or dozens of other related fears. Fears can be a strong driver of purchasing behavior. and can be a hidden source of wants and needs. Customer fears are often the secret reason that no one is buying your widget. For any product, there's a secret pain of switching. And if your product, even if your product is better than the competition, it might not be a big enough improvement to overcome the inertia of the status quo. There's a fourth section on the canvas included, which is called substitutes. And some companies claim that they have no direct competitors. Substitutes on the canvas aren't just the obvious competitors. Instead, look for the existing behaviours or coping mechanisms. This is on the canvas because it shocks us into remembering that our customers are real people with daily lives who have made it this far in their life without our product existing. No matter how much better your product is than the competition, if it isn't better than the existing solutions, then you don't actually have a real-world value proposition. So a key finding from the process of mapping a value proposition is is that we don't have enough information to answer this section. And this is a perfect moment to adopt a lean startup approach and to get out of the building to ask existing customers or potential customers about their wants, needs and fears. So a value proposition can be a great place to begin the process of identifying and validating assumptions and areas of risk for a new project. So in the article, I cover some examples of value proposition campuses mapping a value company's value proposition is a great shared exercise for a cross-functional management team it gets people from outside the marketing team to contribute to marketing insights without having to admit that what they're doing is quote unquote marketing because marketing can be quite a loaded term for some professions so the first example is a startup accelerator uncovering new value in an existing feature the innovation warehouse is an angel investing syndicate with a co-working space for member investors and their portfolio of startups. Building a value proposition canvas helped their team to identify the need for startups that they want to serve as a quiet and productive space. The productive environment was already a feature of the existing co-working space, but it wasn't being promoted in the existing marketing materials. So it was a fairly simple matter to add that product feature into the collateral to directly address the customer need more clearly in their marketing. Second example is Evernote. So its value proposition and marketing messages. So Evernote's value proposition is translated directly into their marketing materials. Their landing pages lead with copywriting and include features, benefits, and the experience on offer. So a full stack. And their product and customer are carefully matched. So the features and benefits of the product are carefully matched with the wants, needs and fears of their target audience. Evernote also uses multiple product landing pages and different inbound content landing pages to account for different products and how do they match them up with different audiences. Now, in my mind, Evernote could probably afford to improve their copy by addressing a few more of the common fears, such as data loss, backups, and data portability. But that's a minor quibble. Fundamentally, they've matched up their uh, customer wants, needs, and fears, and the product features, benefits, and experience. So what about using the value proposition in a live workshop? So the value proposition canvas can be used as a testing tool for iterating in a startup or a new product. the canvas is a useful tool for firstly getting different teams working together. Secondly, testing assumptions about customers and marketing priorities, and also rapidly defining copywriting and brand messages for marketing campaigns. So the value, value proposition isn't a substitute for brand strategy or copywriting, but if used well, it will translate very quickly into usable and persuasive messaging. So the value proposition canvas is not a full brand strategy and doesn't include any of the long term storytelling elements that you would need to create a well-rounded brand over time. Even so, the value proposition canvas is a useful tool to establish product market fit in a hurry. So I've made the PDF and editable Apple Keynote presentation files available for people to download so that they can print out the canvas, edit it themselves and create their own versions. There's no need to attribute me. Uh, Just say thanks on Twitter at Peter J. Thompson. And if you find it helpful, check out my book on digital marketing for more in-depth strategy techniques. The tool can be used to map your existing value proposition, your competitors, or the proposition for any new products or services that you're considering building. And that's the end of the article. So fairly comprehensive, but um, I think most of it still stands the test of time. Um, there have been some advances in, in terms of how we understand a choice architecture, um, some of that stuff from thinking fast and slow. Um, there are certainly some deeper insights in terms of shopper behavior and um market research that I've been exposed to since I wrote that article. But I think the fundamentals in terms of what you need to cover over to create a value proposition, it's a funny kind of Nexus between marketing, product development, um, new business um, creation, uh, business strategy and business consulting. For me, it's really at the crux, uh, like a value proposition is at the crux of all of those different disciplines. So I think it gets picked up and used by a lot of different types of people. And so for me, the feedback that I've had from people uh, who've used the tool is that they appreciated it wasn't too laden with marketing jargon, but also it wasn't too captured in startup jargon. and that it could pretty much be used and picked up by people from any different background. So I've had um, feedback, um, as I asked for in the article, I've had feedback on Twitter from people uh, from all sorts of different professions who've used the tool to help create uh, new products, new projects, and then to test their assumptions. And I think that's probably the thing that I would, reinforce more strongly if I was writing the article today, that doing these things in a workshop with post-it notes, you print out the canvas, you can stick it up right on the whiteboard. Um, It's really fun. It's very engaging. It's good for cross-functional collaboration. But you're actually making a lot of assumptions in the room. And in a modern kind of lean startup, agile, development methodology, um, a lot of the best practice around product development these days, we would take those canvases and we would use them as a starting point to go into user testing uh, rather than as a final solution that actually just just solves this is our value proposition, this is what we're saying it is, and that's the end of the story. Um, For me, building a canvas is no longer the end of the story, it's probably the beginning. So, thanks for listening. Um, a really interesting article to run back through. If you have any feedback on this episode, uh, you can tweet me, funnily enough, at uh, Peter J. Thompson or email me at peter at peterjthompson.com. Thanks for listening.